Hello, everyone, and welcome to Radical Choices, episode six. And I have to tell you, I just got this aha moment that I have been waiting for for so long, and it just encompassed what this episode would be about, because I'm a huge believer in the fact that the universe will give us indications of what we're meant to focus on, on information that we need to know. Um, And I truly believe this, and it's been an interesting period of, as I mentioned in the last episode, Mercury in retrograde, right? Like recognizing that this is a time, you know, astrologically, that we are going to be encountering really our shadow parts, Um, because the circumstances and the conditions around us will be not ideal at this point. Um, And we're just getting out of that. Um, So for all you folks who don't know about astrology, definitely Google Mercury in retrograde. Um, You'll probably go down a rabbit hole of information around what this time was about. You'll probably say, Elisa, thank you. Because sometimes during this time, it's good to know, oh, that's why that was so hard. Or you know, it didn't make sense. I thought I was going crazy. And so knowing when, I will say knowing when Mercury is in retrograde and don't worry, it's not going to be for a while, is really good because it has allowed me an understanding, not necessarily to expect bad things because like, I know they're going to come. I don't have to worry about it. But to say, you know, this might not be the time for huge life decisions. So it kind of gives me a little bit of space to breathe because I know I'm going to experience something. And this is not happening because I am creating it. Like there might be an extent of that, but for the most part, you welcome experiences as they come and they teach you about yourself. So this last Mercury in retrograde, let me tell you, it has been a doozy. Um, And it's really brought up a lot of my shadow parts. And this is what we're going to talk about today. This podcast and this episode is about making radical choices. And in the instance of today, I want to talk about radically facing your shadow. All right. And so what I mean by shadow is those parts of ourselves that we might at times that might come up when we're in a state of high stress or panic. Sometimes when we're alone in our judgments, those parts of ourselves that we deny, that we sometimes suppress or repress because they're unsavory or they don't necessarily help us move forward in the world. And so therefore we reject them, right? And what happens about aspects of ourselves that we reject? And let me give you some examples, right? Because you might be thinking like, what does that look like? Um, I have issues when folks are very, very full of themselves, right? So if I feel like you, um, and it's, this especially resonates in like, if I see that someone is selfish or they're a mooch, and I know some of you probably are like, of course, right? Like many of us have this. I get very annoyed. Um, I don't necessarily always need to engage, like my past self would have, and I would have figured out a way to really put this person in their place, probably passive aggressively, Um, but that was all about my ego, right? So you'll know a shadow if all of a sudden your ego comes up, you get defensive or annoyed or judgmental, you make fun of, right? And those are the things that can bring up our shadows. Mine being, I have an issue 
with folks that are arrogant or that are too full of themselves at the, at the sacrifice of somebody else. Right. And so this helps me to think about these things. And some of the, the shadows that came up during this retrograde were really, really powerful for me. So um, one was patience, this impatience that I have, um, that, you know, sometimes I have to control and motivate and oftentimes do people's jobs, right? And when I say I have to, like, that's even my ego speaking, I choose to, right, do those things. And the way that this came up was that there, you know, this, this past, uh, these past few weeks, I've had to do a lot of balancing of a lot of different tasks. So whether it be for my work or my business, um, meeting with clients, et cetera, I just really felt like I was, you know, meeting heavy this past, these past few weeks. And so the impatience was, is that in between certain calls, I said, I have 10 five to 10 minutes to make coffee or to make breakfast. And what had happened during this retrograde is that I got burnt so many times. In fact, today I got burnt another time and I was like, you know what? Why not? I literally have one, two, uh, three burns and then one cut. Um, and this is all because during the task of feeding myself, which one would think would be you know, amazing, et cetera, I chose to rush and therefore I wasn't as aware and present as I needed to be. And this showed up in a lot of different ways, like whether I was needing to get back to somebody quickly around a text or whether I was trying to book a trip. I tried to book a trip this time. Yep, so impatient, just do it. And I realized like, actually I can't do it, I have to cancel. So that's just some of the stuff that was coming up with for me during this retrograde. Now, what I want us to understand about our shadows is that they didn't just show up there. It's not like we just experience things and we just happen to have these triggers. And I think it's really important to say this because a lot of us blame ourselves. Like, why do I do this? Or why am I so reactive? You know, for me in this situation, it's like this impatience, like how, why can I learn this? What is wrong with me? Right. And that gets me to really what was looking, what was coming up from the shadows was, you know, just this idea that I was essentially devaluing myself, right? Because if I don't believe that I deserve that time, or if I'm not giving myself space and time to do things, I'm forcing myself, right? I'm pushing as though, you know, I don't have the time to rest and chill out or allow, you know, maybe myself to be a few minutes late. Why do I have to constantly be so rigid with myself in a way I wasn't being very kind? And you know, I was really overly accommodating my, my schedule more so than my own needs. Right. Or I, I was like juggling way too much. There's so many interpretations. I don't need to get into the logistics, but you could see where my head goes right into understanding what's at the root. What's at the root. There was a devaluing is I'm not enough. I don't deserve, etc. Now what's a powerful thing to note about our shadows in the way that we oftentimes want to reject them is that they actually were there since childhood. So somewhere down the line, your child self needed to adopt and reject. They needed to reject a certain part of themselves, thus creating that shadow in order to be loved and accepted by the superiors and the adults around them. All right. And as well as, you know, other, everyone around them. So 
even looking at this, right, this need to devalue myself is because many times um, I had a situation where I really couldn't take up space um, without someone reacting or telling me that I was wrong, right? That maybe they were in a rush. And so therefore, in order to be accepted and loved, I needed to treat myself in this way and discipline myself to do things in record time or to do it faster, stronger, better. That's how I got approval, right? It was being amazing and efficient. And efficiency in my family is very, very important, which is all good and great, you know, in terms of like that in a balanced state, right? Like my ability to be efficient is awesome. And I really, truly believe I'm so powerful. I could do so little and so, you know, so much in so little time. Um, that's not something I've ever had to worry about. Um, there are other things I reject about myself, but that has been like, oh my God, I can do this. I'm great. But what happens is, is that I push myself past a point of comfort and I hurt myself. And Mercury in retrograde really allows us to see the, the, the consequences of our actions or the conditions of the world and how they affect us a lot more than normal. And so being able to look at the shadow part of myself and accept it, right? And understand, I don't have to behave in that way anymore, right? I can turn that around and I can take a little bit more time. So maybe, you know, how I would work that out is just adding in a buffer between meetings. I could totally do that, right? Getting up 10 minutes early or, you know, having a schedule throughout the day so that I know that I'm going to get my daily needs met and I don't need to force them into, you know, already a shortened pocket of time. Um, so this is just what I'm talking about when I'm mentioning this period and when I'm mentioning some of the shadows that have come up for me. And, you know, one of them that I thought was really interesting, um, and then I want to talk about sort of how we start to do this work, is that. I'm talking to my friend on the phone, I'm on my deck, and just like really connecting with them and really, really feeling engaged in what they were going through. And a man literally opens up his window, this older white gentleman, um, who I believe might have been gay, and he opens up his window and he was like, can you just shut up? I mean, come on, you're so loud, like go inside or lower your voice. And he literally reprimands me while I'm talking to my friend, not even that loud, um, in order to reprimand me, right? So that was really hard for me. And it was really hard for me to focus on what my friend was saying and what, what they were really needing to work on. And I was trying to empathize with them. And this shifted me right? Um, and this felt viscerally annoying. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay outside and I'm going to have this conversation and I'm going to say, yeah, this dude, like this ridiculous, whatever. And no, I didn't get petty or anything like that um, to the band, but passive aggressively when I was safe enough and he was gone, I was basically, you know, being ridiculous and ego filled to stay outside and to feel like I needed to fight for myself, which Again, it's, I'm not saying that what I was, did was wrong, but what, where I was coming from was a place of ego. And so what's a beautiful opportunity with that is that when there is something coming from a place of ego where it is visceral, visceral there is a shadow there. There is a shadow. And so I started to just think about that for a little bit. And I realized hours later, I was still thinking about it. 
And then I was spiraling and I was saying like, oh my God, like I pay so much for this apartment. Like, how am I going to live? And, you know, of course, factually, I'm thinking, well, I mean, Elisa, you hardly have conversations outside. Like, it's okay. Um, I was also thinking like, he probably won't come out again. There's nothing he can do. Like all these different things. But I was actually fearing for my safety. So this visceral fear or this visceral, visceral annoyance started to translate into fear. Um, I woke up the next day and I said, why do I feel icky uh, and really just off? And I was like thinking about him still. And I was like, hold on, this is absolutely ridiculous. Like I have allowed this person to steal so much of my peace because they were having a reaction that really in the grand scheme of things had nothing to do with me. So I want you to think about a time where you had a visceral reaction to something. And I'm going to paint a picture. Maybe you and someone else experience that together. They get over it, but you're still talking about it, right? And I want you to think about where might there have been a shadow showing up um, in that experience. And not only that, what was the biggest thing that bothered me? about that, right? Why was it so powerful? Um, and really I started to think about that and I started to recognize like, where did this, like, you know, why was this bothering me? And I realized, and, and, you know, once you're able to really think about that visceral experience and what was showing up for you, you might want to think about why did that bother me so much? All right. For me, I realized once the fear, uh, you know, once, once annoyance and frustration became fear, I realized that there was something that was unsafe about that experience in some way. And so that's usually what happens, right? When people exceed our boundaries or they do things that we cannot understand is that we start to freak out because we're like, hold on, what does this mean for like the way that I live or the things that I expect out of other people? So what's beautiful about this is our shadows can oftentimes show us a boundary that needs to be had. Now, in this instance, you know, you can't control everything. Certain conditions happen. But I just know there's never a time when I want someone to reprimand me in that way, nor do I allow that in my life. So that was the next powerful thing that I realized in that experience. All right. Fast forward to today. I am out getting supplies during this like crazy time um, in our in our history as human beings with this contagious virus going around. And I was just trying to actually like figure out how can I like make my own hand sanitizer? Because if you know anything about me, I don't like spending money. Like if I can, you know, do something and make it myself, like that feels really empowering for me. So, you know, I was just like, okay, like, you know, I wash my hands, I'm doing all the protocol, but let me go find some supplies to potentially make uh, hand sanitizer, which by the way, you need alcohol, which is also off of the shelf. So I'm resorting to witch hazel. Um, so I go and I'm driving and I turn on right uh, on a red light, which is fine here in California. And as I'm parking my car, this man, and I'm like actually paying for it. This man comes up to me very close, which like in coronavirus, you know, in our ecosystem right now, one, not cool. So I pull back and I'm like, yo, like what's, you know, what's going on? And he was just like, 
Did you not see me crossing the road? Like you went into, you turned right at an intersection, sweetheart. You're not supposed to do that. And he's getting angry. And I was like, wow, okay, sir. Thank you. I'm so sorry. And he just kind of looks at me and I was like, thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Have a good day. Like, you know, just really just trying to set that boundary because this person just came into my face like a very angry man while I was parking. I took some time to think about that, right? I was like, okay, so he goes away. Thankfully, I think he realized how crazy he was coming off and how I was not a threat. Um, and if anything, he probably looked at my feminine qualities and was like, all right, she's just a young thing. And he patronized the shit out of me and walked away. So, um, that was, that was trying. I walk into the store and I'm realizing like, it's still on my mind. And then it kind of, I just realized like, I'm actually not unsafe. So it's almost like the experience earlier in the week, uh, showed me something. I was like, you know, I was able to hold my own with this person in my face. Now, I'm not saying that we're all, you know, that could have escalated terribly, but I had what I needed in order to take myself out of a really awkward situation. So in that way, I was actually able to step into the same situation worse, right? This man's coming up to my damn car, trying to come at me. And I'm just like, yo, like, all right, got you. I'm really, really sorry. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Like I am switching that and being like, yo, I'm gonna put the mirror up to you because like you're doing, you're doing the most right now. Now let me acknowledge clearly there was, he was not in, I did not see him in the intersection. Um, I'm a pretty good driver, but I also know that I was impatient trying to get all the things I needed. So this very well could have been something that I did wrong. And I acknowledge that. So I think like there are times when people are going to give us feedback and it's not all about like, they're the worst and they're wrong. I actually acknowledge that if that was that man's experience that I, you know, threatened him in some way, that's not a fun experience, right? Like I acknowledge that there, I can be a lot more careful, right? And in, in the sense of like what he was giving me feedback on. But I realized as I'm thinking through, okay, I kept myself safe. I thought, oh my goodness, one of the things that I am working on, and this has been showing up in a lot of different ways. And this is probably the craziest of ways because in the instance of both of these men, they were old white gentlemen and they were also gay. And I'm, you know, a gay woman. I don't really know what was going on there. But I realized when I look at sort of like an older gay gentleman, like I, there's something about them that like I really feel akin to and really, you know, I've just had such phenomenal experiences with gay men. And um, I mean, gays in general, but just like for some reason, older gay gentlemen have been so empowering to me and so loving and just like my heroes, honestly, in the queer scene. Like, I gotta say, like, it's just been a blessing, right? To have this almost like father-like figure or somebody that was really standing in the gap for who I am and empowering me. And I experienced it a lot. And in this instance, I was not getting their approval, right? They were actually quite annoyed by me. They were not seeing these like magnetic, wonderful parts. Um, they were seeing what they wanted to see in that experience through their frustration. And I realized like, oh my goodness, one of the shadow parts is this idea of approval and being that I am not, I am like, I am not good enough or I'm not, um, 
doing the right thing. I'm, I'm an imposter, right? So having that approval has been something I've been thinking about a lot. And this has caused me, you know, if you struggle with something like this, where you're like, Elisa, yeah, like, I would say that, you know, I want to gain elders approval or this person's approval. Like that's really important to me. There's, there is, there is a one, there's going to be ego attached to that. And two, you're going to be let down, right? Like that's just an experience that's going to happen. Like not everyone is going to approve you because the only person that really needs to approve you is yourself. And so that does that, you know, shadow part of like, I'm an imposter or I'm not good enough. These people and these experiences were like, holy crap. I mean, this was just an, the tiniest little interaction with Elisa. And they were viscerally angry to the point of like aggressive, right? So I, that was so powerful for me because as soon as I realized that I realized that it didn't have any merit, I don't need anyone else's approval. And again, like that was just, you know, older gay gentlemen who knows, you know, what other issues with this I'm going to face. And I will, and I know that, but the power that I get by knowing that I, you know, feel that I'm an imposter allows me to actually do the work to decouple myself from that frame and to reframe in the sense of I am more than enough. And I approve of myself. You know, it's like, it sounds like I'm a politician. Like I approve of this message. I approve of my voice. I approve of my power. I approve of my very essence and being. And that just allowed me, you know, to access my higher power and to recognize like, wow, thank you. If I'm living a life where I'm constantly in seeking of other people's approval or other people's disapproval can knock me that bad, then I need to really figure out what, where in me needs approval. And that is the beauty of shadow work. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about how I got here, right? How did I start to work on the shadow work? Some of you might think like, Elisa, listen, I know all the things that are wrong with me, right? Like I know it, I understand it, etc. Yes, we do. But never in my damn life did I think I would call myself an imposter. Like if you, if you know me and, and the passion that I have in life and for other people, um, and really the energy I exude, that would be shocking. And it was shocking for me to understand that, right? When I talk about shadow work, I am not talking about your, your run of the mill, shallow like qualities that like you don't kind of like so much. Maybe you're kind of stingy or like, you know, you're impatient, like, sure, fine, I'll take it. But that doesn't cut me to my core when I realize the truth of it. And the reason that I, and those are pretty strong words, not cut me to my core, but I'm basically shining a light on the parts that need acceptance and need integration. So what I mean by that is that we are never going to get rid of our shadow parts, right? Like we can diminish their impact in terms of how they affect us, but like we're, we have 
you know, we, we are the yin and the yang, right? We have this balance and this duality to us, right? That so many times we judge, we're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that I did that. And we're stressed, 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 stressed about it. Like self-judgment is not hard. But when we don't, when we look at our shadows, what we understand is that those are the parts of ourselves that we have denied. And if we have denied them, they will repattern. They will come up and they will be in your nightmares. They will, your, uh, you know, boss will emulate it. Like they will be all around us and they will control you. And so therefore being able to look at those, understand what is actually true, right? What's true is that I am not an imposter, right? What's true is that I am an amazing human being with so much to offer. That's true. I'm living by a new truth now. So when it comes upward, yes, I'm going to encounter another white, you know, gay gentleman who is going to probably disapprove of me. It won't have that much power. And chances are I won't be met with that situation because I've noticed the pattern and I've looked at what my shadow part is. And instead of pushing it away and saying, you're not like, you're the worst. I'm saying, I understand why you feel that way. However, I actually believe this. This is factually true. So this is something that I'm going to offer to you. I'm going to look at that and understand, wow, that is a part of myself that I have rejected. Okay. Um, this taught me a lot about myself, but this also taught me about the way that I disapprove of others because that is a part of myself that I have rejected. So this, honestly, it gave me so much. I mean, talk about like uh, fear of, you know, safety um, and standing my ground, uh, you know, fear of disapproval. And then now recognizing, hey, the experience with other people is a mirror for myself. So what I mean by that is that that person's disapproval of me that annoys me so bad is because I actually, that's a part of myself, my potentially like, again, the idea of me being disapproved, but also me disapproving of others. And how I realize that that shows up for me is that, you know, for so many years, I have been like, no judgment zone and all of that. But when the going gets tough or when someone hits that shadow part, instead of saying, you know what, actually that, um, that doesn't really resonate well for me. I'll say, oh my God, that's amazing. Now that's not to say I'm a liar, right? But to myself, I'll be like, hey, Lise, like, don't think that, think this instead. So instead of actually acknowledging like, hey, I don't really like, like that about, you know, I didn't like that dress or whatever. No, I'm saying you're terrible for feeling like that. Now you, you actually approve of her. So I am actually betraying and lying to myself about what I actually believe about a situation. And so we're all going to have our judgments, right? But it would probably be much better for me if I can see that and be like, wow, that's like not really for me, but like, I'm happy for her. Like that I can live in because that is authentically true. And when I am operating in my truth, I am operating as the fullest expression of myself. I am free to receive and give because I'm not operating in hiding and people no longer really have that much power over me, which if you look at just our lives in general, this is a period of complete lack of control, right? Like we can control washing our hands. We can control, you know, social distancing and how we interact with other people, but we can't control what we don't know. And we're still learning a lot. And so I encourage you during this time, 
we have an opportunity to really find some rest. Now, this is not all of us. I'm, you know, I acknowledge that there are certain people out there right now who are having to operate in this, you know, in the service level industry or teachers, et cetera. Like there are not work from home opportunities for many people out there. We are feeling a lot of groundlessness and a loss of control in the current climate. This is a time for you to understand what fears and shadows and anxiety, et cetera, are showing up for me? Where is there some healing left to do, right? Where I look at that and instead of denying it, I say, what is that meant to teach me right now? And what do I actually believe about that, right? So really, again, this shadow work, y'all, like it is powerful. Um, there are so many people that I uh, could recommend that you look into if you're interested in doing this work. I've mentioned Teal Swan a number of times. She does a lot of shadow work um, and she has a lot of good YouTube videos around how to really face your shadow. I love her articulation of what a shadow is. I love about Teal that she will, it's, there's nothing of, there's very little judgment to anything she's sharing. There is also very little denial of who we are. She loves the shadow parts. Like that's where she lives and she makes you start to love your own, those areas of yourself that you've rejected and really integrate that into who you are now, right? Instead of denying it so that it has power over us, we integrate and we understand its origin. We, we heal what we need to heal and then we integrate that into who we are. Again, this is not necessarily, you know, okay, I'm going to just take that I'm always going to feel like this. No, it's saying, what am I meant to, like, what is this meant to teach me? Where is this within myself and what healing needs to be done? We integrate that, y'all. We're free. We don't have to experience that pattern again. Now, we're not free from, you know, the, the toils and the struggles of our lives. I mean, I'm not saying all that, but I'm saying we're far more empowered right? We have more power. We have more awareness of ourselves. We can have better relationships with people because we understand what our triggers are. Like this is powerful stuff. We're integrated. Things have no power over us. We're free, right? And that is a powerful place to be. We're always going to be doing shadow work. And some of us, you know, we do this kind of work in therapy. You know, why did I respond that way? Right? Like what, you know, what was going on for me? And that curiosity, I will say, is so powerful. But sometimes we stop just being like, ah, oh, but that was just because of that situation, right? We can name the number of conditions that were less than ideal for ourselves. But what's harder to name is what was actually showing up for us, right? What is the situation meant to teach us? And if we don't necessarily do that enough, the universe is going to continue to be showing this to you in patterns and experiences until you learn the lesson, until you find that healing. It's why so many of us out here are really struggling. Like, let me tell you, some of the shadow work I've had to do around, you know, has, has really manifested some trauma, right? Recognizing that there were things that really need to be healed within me, big, big mental and emotional blocks. This meant that I was experiencing the pattern of continuing to actually navigate different relationships that were toxic, that were not healthy for me, um, that were ridden with issues, right? Um, with people that I really, really saw potential in them, but I wasn't actually listening or understanding who they were, right? And, and they're beautiful, beautiful people, but they were not right for me. But I was trying to push it, right? Because I was operating in, you know, a complete, a complete blindness of my shadows, 
Um, another person that is really beautiful at dealing with shadow work is Lacey Phillips. Um, you can find her website to be magnetic. I'll include it in the show notes. Really awesome stuff on doing her unblocking shadow workshop now. Really encourage you. There's some amazing, amazing meditations to help just really get you in front of your shadow and really help you understand what are those parts that you want to heal, that you want to understand, and that you want to, you know, treat with some compassion. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. Definitely the holistic psychologist is also uh, really, really awesome. She's on Instagram and she does a lot around shadow work, um, around the ego. Um, she has a lot of really awesome breathing meditations as well. So I encourage you take a look at those folks and yeah, this is pretty much it. This is the work that we're in. Thankfully, Mercury is out of retrograde. Um, we're definitely, you know, in a space of a lot of unknown right now. So I just encourage all of you, um, in addition to obviously knowing, noticing your shadows, be safe out there, be smart. And, you know, I'm wishing you all the best as we navigate this difficult time. Have a good week. Talk to you soon.